welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and as always, I've got with me today, Court Winsett. Hello, Katie. How are you today? Doing good. And there's our beautiful opening bell. So today, we want to talk about a little something called net worth. So we've talked on several episodes about everyone having a number that represents you. Your credit score, your social security, but there's also this little thing called net worth. Yes, net worth. I mean, for those of you out there that are like Quicken users, for instance, you got you've got uh, your your bank accounts, your checking accounts, but then Quicken will also incorporate all of your savings accounts, your credit cards, your uh, your investment accounts if you have them. It'll even take in if you've got a house and how much your house is valued at, and then it's got like this little tiny number down in the bottom corner that says net worth. Or <laughs> If you're kind of like me and you grew up looking at like People Magazine or watching like the celebrity gossip shows and you would all the time hear them talk about these different celebrities and their net worth and you'd envision like these billionaires or singers, musicians, whatever it may be, and that they have this big number. But it was one of those growing up, I didn't really understand what that net worth meant. I thought that was, you know, their income. That's how much they were making. I didn't realize all that went into it. And so we thought, why don't we just do an episode discussing net worth? And then also, this is coming to you. We are in May. And so we did just have a holiday that, um, you know, I think now there's so many holidays out there that not a lot of people know about. But uh, this one is actually on May 20th, National Be a Millionaire Day. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Yeah, I, you know, I remember how heartbreaking I found it when I when I first realized that all, not all of my favorite movie stars were just rich and living up in Beverly Hills in a mansion, you know? Mm-hmm. I just, I was crushed. I was crushed <laughs> to find out that some of them, you know, they're, they're big stars, it. but they're, they live in an apartment and they struggle paycheck to paycheck. And I'm like, but you're a star. <laughs> well, so we're going to talk about all of that. So National Million Day, Millionaire Day is a day that you could imagine if you were a millionaire, but it's also a great day to talk about steps to hit your dream of possibly one day being a millionaire and understanding, planning for the future and your financial health. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do our top five. And ours is going to be a little bit different today because we're going to talk about people's net worth, celebrities, celebrities' net worth that might surprise you. Yes, so we're not going to do like, oh, here's my top five favorite celebrities and their surprising net worth because I I wouldn't even know how to rank them. So we've got we've got ten, and we're just going to split them up. Yeah, round robin. And when we say surprising, we're not saying because they're worth so much. These are kind of the the underdogs a little bit. Um, So starting off, Lindsay Lohan, her net worth is eight hundred thousand dollars. Yes, that that's a great amount, but when you think about all she's done with her music and her TV shows and movies and everything, she really should be worth a lot more. But so there's been some financial struggles with her life and oh, I think yeah. some rehab and yeah. all kinds of stuff that has caused her net worth to go down. Maybe some some questionable management of funds by uh, by parties that could have mm-hmm. been in charge of her funds. Yep. Who knows? Yeah. Okay, number two is Chris Tucker. Now this one is uh, this one is five million is what his net worth net worth seems is like a lot. Like. It does seem like a lot, but if you consider the fact that for a while there he was making he he wasn't he was never like a twenty million a pop superstar, but he was making bank for some of those movies like the Rush Hour movies and stuff. Oh yeah, and to only have five million left, it kind of seems like wow, what'd you do with all that money, bud? Mm-hmm. 
Who is managing your money? Okay, next one. Gary Busey. Who has been around forever. Long time. Done a ton of movies. So his net worth is only 500000 And so, I mean, that's... For what he's done, that's crazy. That's insane. Well, he went off the deep end, didn't he? Hey, well, he did. Yeah. I think that's a common theme. Yeah. If you go off the deep end, you don't get many roles. And yeah. Stay away from the deep end. Yes. Stay in the shallow Stay end. Stay in the kiddie pool. <laughs> Speaking of deep end. Oh. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. He's only, well, I guess he's not even really an only. The man is worth $25 million, which is impressive. Yeah. But, but he you, used to be worth $150 million. Yeah. So something happened there. Well, you know, there's that whole, which I am very fascinated by. Nicolas Cage did those run of movies that were really bad. He, it's, he says it's because he bought the house in New Orleans that's supposedly haunted and that that ruined his career. Does he really blame New Orleans? Yes. He blames the house because then he went bankrupt from it. Um, and then now he actually has a tomb in, in the same cemetery as uh, Marie Vo. And it's a pyramid. He, I mean, he he is very all about superstitions and stuff. Well, you know, the weird thing about him is okay. So, uh, f- first of all, he was in a he was in a movie more recently than not. I mean, it's it's been in the last decade or so called Kick A Word. Arse. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Arse. Um, and, and that was a fantastic movie. And I thought maybe that was gonna he was gonna sort of you know, rejuvenate his career, but he doesn't seem to have bounced back. And then I was flipping through one of the streaming services the other day and I saw he had done a Left Behind movie. Now this is based on the Left Behind series of novels. The reason I find this crazy is because that had already been done by none other than Kirk Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nick Nicholas Cage felt like it was so such a great book series that that that, that it needed to they they needed to take another shot at that movie. What what in the heck? Come on, Nick. You know, brother, throw me a bone. Yeah. But yeah, again, in perspective, yes, twenty five million is a lot, but we're talking about in the whole grand scheme of things what he could have been worth. Okay, next one I've I got. I could have been worth a lot. Yeah, you, you could have been a contender. I, I mean, Cameron is on IMDb, y'all. I found him on there. There's his picture's not on there, but he is listed on there for what he's been featured in. So it's pretty cool. Go wow. check it out. Yeah, Stephen Baldwin. So it's a bald Baldwin. I always say that wrong because yeah. it's my brother used to live in Baldwin, Missouri, and so when I see Baldwin, I just make it two L's in my mind. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So Stephen Baldwin, a Baldwin brother, he is only worth five hundred thousand. And again, it's you know he's that family, and they've made a lot of money and so it's just you know who's managing it better yeah so here's uh here's one that uh probably surprises no one wesley snipes is worth 10 million and actually it surprises me if anything that he's worth that much because (laughs) um for a long time there he was he was getting hit hard by the irs for not paying his taxes and not paying your taxes ladies and gentlemen is bad oh yeah don't do that okay here's another one sinbad he's He's at four million, but again, he's done a ton. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, his numbers should be up, but I'm sure he fell into that deep end. <laughs> now, here's one that really, really does shock me. Um, okay, it's 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 Randy Quaid. Come on, he should be. He all should the be, Vegas va- or the, all the vacation movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, he should be Jeff Bezos level rich with with just the vacation movies alone. Mm-hmm. Come on, right, cousin Eddie, yeah. right? He He's worth negative $1 million. <laughs> so, Ladies and gentlemen, negative. Negative $1 Ooh, million. Yeah, and we're going to discuss how that happens. I don't even know how that works. I mean, that's awful. Negative. Mm. So, I mean, most average Joes wouldn't be able to be negative. That's that's crazy. Okay, next one. Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. $3 million, which, yeah, that's, that's nice. But Mike 
Tyson. I mean, he had a career way before Hangover Days, people. <laughs> he was not just the guy in Hangover. No, he was obviously one of the most celebrated fighters of the 90s. Um, he was, he was, you know, people watched him fight to see uh, how early in the first round he was going to knock out his opponent. And he made millions and millions of dollars for every single fight that he fought. And uh, then, like as the theme with a lot of the other people on this list, uh, Mike ended up kind of going off, well, not even kind of going off the deep end. Um, Mike ended up being convicted of rape, uh, so he spent some time in prison. Um, he his, his boxing career plummeted because of some antics that he had in the ring against some of his opponents. Um, biting ears off. Biting ears <laughs> off and so forth. And then um, he kind of disappeared off the radar for a while. And then, of course, sort of his comeback was... Was uh, he did a he did a, a Broadway special where he he stood up and talked about his life and talked about himself and then he did you know Hangover. Um, so he's trying to pull it he's, back. He's, yeah, he's working trying to on pull it. it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and the last one on our list uh, is Dennis Rodman. He's only worth five hundred thousand right now, and I mean it's this is an athlete. He should have he. Yeah, so he he had at least two seasons with the Bulls, and you know he was making he he had to make some bank for those two seasons. Oh yeah. He, he apparently doesn't have it anymore. Yep. Okay, so those are our celebrities that their net worth is a little surprising. Okay, moving on, we are going to talk about millionaire isn't what it used to be. I mean, I feel like as a kid, you sit there and think, oh, a million dollars. Like, that's so much money. And to be a millionaire, it's, you know... I picturing in my head right now, the millionaire and his wife. Yeah, well, yeah. From a... a uh, Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island. Island. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Singing this song, I'm like, who is it? Gilligan's Island. But y'all remember me talking about that uh, movie Blank Check with Preston Waters and how he writes a blank check out as a million dollars and goes through it so fast, buying the house and buying all the toys. And then by the end of the movie, he's got all these people wanting more money from him and he doesn't have any. Mm. So he's got a lot of liabilities. A million. Mm. I mean, listen. Uh, a lot of people would consider themselves to be very fortunate to have a net worth of a million, a million point five. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that is a that 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 is a, a a good point where you 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 could potentially have enough to retire and live not a wealthy lifestyle, but a comfortable lifestyle in retirement if you've got one point five million dollars. So we're not scoffing at that, but no, 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 it not is at all. not it is not the kind of riches that it's that it seemed like to me, for instance, when I was ten years old. Yeah. So listen to these numbers. Retiring with a net worth of one million dollars in investable assets might allow you to withdraw fifty thousand dollars a year for twenty years. So you're saying $50,000 would be your income for the 20 years of your retirement. But think about it. Can you and your spouse, you and your family live off of $50,000 a year? Because it's, oh, well, I've got a million dollars. I should be able to have a lavish life. Well, you know, think about it. What does $50,000 do for you in a year? Mm, It's it's just kind of putting that in perspective, which I know is a tough pill to swallow because you do think a million dollars is so much. Um, And that's, you know, it's something that, Average Joes are really the true millionaires running around, and it's not these people that are flaunting it for sure. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's something we want to discuss about, like, the whole hot knife through butter philosophy, but really that millionaire next door, and that's something that I want to talk about a little bit later in the episode, but first, I I promised Court we would do this, so we're actually going to bring back a little thing called Twitter Nugs. Twitter Nugs! 
Okay, here's just some fun little tweets we found um, about money related. So I'm going to start with the first one. Adults really drilled stop, drop, and roll into our heads, but didn't teach us how to balance a checkbook. I have never once been on fire, but I've been in debt for years. Riddle me this. It's true. It's so true. I remember <laughs> learning stop, drop, and roll, enroll in elementary school. But I mean, I you know, I think my, my I think my parents taught me how to balance a checkbook. Yeah, my, but, yeah mine too. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's not something you learn in school. So, oh, uh, it's a priorities, people. Okay, next Twitter nug. Money can't buy happiness, but I probably wouldn't cry as much in a Porsche as I do in my station wagon. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, um, I'm at my most fake news when I tell my husband how much money I spent shopping. <laughs> fake news alert. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, and finally, last one. Would love for one second of my adult life to feel as amped as I did as a child knowing I had five bucks to spend at the Scholastic Book Fair. So true. I mean, oh you my You were a millionaire at that moment. You I had so much mean, purchasing power, potential, everything. Book Fair was just <laughs> my favorite thing in the world. I, 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 and I'm glad to hear that it's still a thing, that people still talk about it and remember it because I thought I was such a goof for getting so amped up about Book Fair. But yeah. yeah. Mm, that's your Twitter nugs. Okay, we've had some fun. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. I like meat and potatoes. <laughs> of course, chicken. Chicken, yep. So <laughs> what is net worth? Your net worth is a big picture snapshot of your financial health. It's kind of, think back, you know, Scholastic Books Fair. It's your report card. It shows you, you know, how you do it. Well, how you do it? How you do it? <laughs> how you do it? <laughs> it's like I took. It's like I, I sort of jumped the gun earlier when I mentioned Quicken. The fact that you can take everything, basically everything that you do, mm-hmm. all of your bank accounts, all of your checking accounts, everything that you spend from your checking account, from your credit cards, all of the assets that you have invested, and so on and so forth. All your house, you can put all of that into Quicken, and then it'll have this little number down in the corner that tells you what your net worth is. Yeah, when we do a financial planning analysis, which is you know a true financial analysis of our clients, we started off with a net worth statement. Mm-hmm. And so, what is that? It's the value of everything you own, meaning your financial and non-financial assets, minus your total outstanding liabilities. So it's it's a simple equation. I know most people go math, oh, but this one's simple. To figure it out, take all your assets, like you were listing out with Quicken, cash in your bank accounts, your investment, your retirement accounts, as well as the value of your properties you own, houses, jewelry, collectibles, and the valuable automobiles. Let me, let me go back to that. This So when you put a car on this, although... Actually, let me just put a little caveat right now. Typically, I would say those cars that you've been driving for a little bit, as soon as you get it off the lot, those are going to be depreciating value and they're not going to be worth really anything. I'm talking more that Shelby GT500 that is continuing to get value. That is something on your net worth. But I do have to note right now we are kind of in a crazier time and used car values are actually going up. But this is not normal necessarily. So I would not recommend putting your automobiles on your net worth statement unless it is those classic cars, something like that. Because then on the flip side of it, you've listed all your assets. Now we got to list our liabilities. What do we owe? 
So more than likely, you're probably gonna put your car loan, your mortgage, your student loans, credit card debt, HELOC, medical bills, anybody, anything that you own. Okay, so you got your assets on one side, you got your liabilities on the other. What do you do? Assets minus liabilities equals ah, net worth. Simple. Very simple, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and it's different from income. Oh, absolutely. Remember when we were talking about these celebrities, how much money they made? Mm -hmm. But then we're surprised at what their net worth is. Yeah. And it's because their money was mismanaged. They spent too much of it. They had something happen to them. And so their liabilities outweighed. A person who makes $100,000 a year could end up a millionaire if they only spend $75,000 a year. You know, after many, many years of putting that extra $25,000 away, they could end up being a millionaire. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, a person could make $20 million a year and end up being in debt by a million dollars if they're spending over $20 million a year. Or yeah. if, you know, if you make bad investments, you lose your money, whatever, you know, but it, income, obviously, I would think it's obvious, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't equate to, I mean, it, it can, it can make or break you in terms, you have to have income to build up net worth, but the amount of overall income doesn't necessarily automatically mean your net worth is going to be huge. Yeah. And that's kind of the grander scheme of things of how we talk to you about, we can't look at one little thing. We can't just look at, here's your assets. Because we go, oh, you're doing great, Court. You having, you know, a million dollars worth of assets. But then we don't know about all your liabilities you may have. So that's why you have to look at the big picture, really compare it. And this is for anybody. This is for younger people, older people. It gives you a snapshot of where are you and can tell you, are you able to make those big financial purchases of a house or a rental property or a car or, you know, what's going on? What do you need to do to make sure that you are working on that end goal? And okay, how do you figure out that end goal? Well, that's another number that's really important that, you know, we've talked about a little bit on episodes, but it's something that we will always be talking about. And that's your retirement number. The amount of money you are going to need to fund your retirement. Mm -hmm. And so that's why having a handle of your net worth, it all beautifully plays together in this big old puzzle. Yeah. Do you want to give them a number or are we just going to let that hang out there? Like what, what, a, what, what, generally speaking, is there kind of a, a rule of thumb of what people's retirement number might be? No, because it, it all plays into it. What, how much do you want in living expenses? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Like our example we gave earlier, if you're fine with living on $50,000 a year, then yeah. Okay. You need to have a million dollars built up in assets. But you're fine living on $50,000 a year right now. If, if yeah. you know, like I'm 47, I've got, and I can't believe I'm going to, you know, but I've got at least, at least 20 more years before I would be able to even mm -hmm. think of retiring. And it's probably going to be way more than that. Am I going to be able to live on $50,000 a year in, in 20 years? Absolutely not. No. no, no. You need to sit there and that's where it's all this big analysis of going through and putting in, where are you today? Where do you want to be building out your plan and figuring out how much money do you need for retirement? How much are you going to want for, you know, travel, expenses, all of that. And so it's it's a game of trying to make sure you've got the right numbers, but that's where you started off with your net worth. Okay. Obviously, if you're negative, 
we need to fix that. Yeah, yeah. Let's let, I, just just to be clear though, it's not a game. It's a science. Yes. There is and there is a if you have an answer of how much you think you're going to need to live off of when you retire, there are people that can help you figure out how much you need to start putting away now to get to that number, your retirement number. So it's you know, we're there is a very definite way that you can mm-hmm. go about getting there. There are calculations that can be done. Yeah. Take into consideration how much you need later, how much you need today to mm-hmm. get to what you need later. Yeah. I mean, we've done some analysis for people and it's just been, if you could start saving $30 every month for the next five years, you will fully fund your kid's college fund or you'll fully fund the gap you have in your retirement. So yes, it is Game was a bad choice of words. It is a science that we can input this information with what you want and make sure that we can help you get to your goals. But that's why it's important to always be aware of your net worth. And that's where you're starting off now. Yeah, that's where you started off with. And it really just is kind of a gauge of telling you what's going on. To give you a little perspective, in the U.S., um, only 9% of households are millionaires. I know we talked about millionaires before. And so that's one of those that you don't need to beat yourself up if... You look at your net worth and you're only at, you know, 500,000 or 800,000 or whatever. Everyone's number is different for what kind of life they want to have. And it's not that everybody by a certain age needs to have the same net worth. It's what fits your comfort level and your life. And, um, you know, Court, give them that lovely number about if you do have some wealth, then uh, what happens to that next generation? Well, okay, so... um... 70%, I think, of millionaires lose their wealth by the second generation, and 90% of millionaires, that wealth is gone by the third generation. So what I'm basically saying here is, if you die a millionaire, then 70% of the people who die a millionaire, that money is gone by the second generation. Um, and wow. Of the people that die as a millionaire, 90% of the time that money is gone by the third generation. So you want to leave a legacy for your, for your, for the people that follow you, but you know, it, it, it doesn't last. It's, it's got to be nurtured and it's got to be, things have to, steps have to be taken to sustain it, you know, mm-hmm. over time. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, giving you some perspective with numbers, $1 million in 1950 to equal that same amount of a million dollars in 1950, you would have to have over 11 million today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's crazy. That's a little thing we. That's a little jargon that we call the time value of money, mm-hmm. and it's, it's this whole idea that we talk about uh, frequently. Uh, you know, with inflation and the fact that money, like I said, if you if you can live off of fifty thousand dollars a year right now, you're not going to be able to live off of fifty thousand dollars a year and maintain the same same lifestyle twenty years from now because yeah. inflation is going to make the value of a single dollar drop in in terms of what it can purchase. Eh, it's, I mean, that's a basic explanation, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, the the joke that somebody makes, okay, well, I mean, I think we all have heard our parents make this comment of, oh, back in my day, I could get a Coke for a quarter, and now you can get it maybe for $1.50. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's expensive. And so it's as simple as that, that it's just the value is going to be going up. So I promise you we're going to talk about the millionaire next door mm-hmm. because, again, I think it's ingrained in a lot of us of a millionaire that is just such a large number and that seems to be 
only for the elite and the celebrities. And that's not true. I really want to break that stigma and tell you that there's some facts about millionaires. Number one, most of them are first generations. Well, clearly, because Court, you said by the second and the third, it's all gone. Mm -hmm. Hard work. That's the key. And I mean, I, I know this is kind of tongue in cheek by throwing in a tweet from Elon Musk. <laughs> but uh, Tesla owners of Silicon Valley tweeted, Elon Musk is now the richest person in the world at $190 billion net worth. Golly. Elon responded with, how strange. Well, back to work. Mm -hmm. So, yes, obviously, Elon Musk has bukus of money. Yes. Um, and I think he's also mildly crazy. But, I mean, you know, that's... A <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not talking about his behavior. We're talking about just the numbers. But the point of his tweet is that, oh, okay, cool. I, I have that much money. Well, I'm still going to keep working. And so that's kind of a key point I want you to understand with millionaires. Hard work. Yeah, a lot of the people that I know that are actually wealthy, that are noticeably wealthy, they, they, you know, they're still working. You know, they they may be well past what is typically considered retirement age, but mm -hmm. they're still working. They still, you know, they shop at wholesale clubs. They, you know, they 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 save their money where they can. You know, they're they're still money conscious and they're working hard. And that's how they have the money that they have. You know, it, it, you yeah. don't you don't just suddenly become rich and then all of your worries go out the door. Is in terms to you have to be able to maintain it. You have to con continue to be cautious about the way you use your money to be able to keep it. <laughs> yeah, um, a, a client of ours that uh, he's actually passed away, but um, he built up a very nice net worth and was able to take care of his wife and take care of multiple generations now mm -hmm. and because of how he aligned his trust to take care of them. But the story that David likes to tell is how his wife always had a, a, a great, nice new car, but he loved to drive his beat up old pickup truck that he just was a hard worker didn't need to have the flashy things and just did, you know, treated his wife, spoiled his wife, made sure she was taken care of, but he didn't need to have all the lavish brand new cars or dress to the nines or anything like that. He just, you know, kept his head down, worked hard and built up a fortune for someone, built it for his family. Yeah. And so that's, you know, part of that is a huge percentage of millionaires are actually small business owners. Yeah. Which if you've ever been friends or known somebody with a small business... They work 24-7. It's their blood, sweat, and tears, their money, their time. Everything is into that business. And so it's almost one of those that those people are growing assets and almost becoming millionaires very quickly. But they're so focused on making sure they're doing the right job and working that they're not over there like, oh, I'm a millionaire. And that's a difference. Because a lot of times it's the whole keeping up with the Joneses philosophy when you see those next door neighbor driving a brand new Ferrari or Lamborghini and she's, you know, dressed to the nines and coach and Chanel and all that stuff. Yeah, there's a possibility they are just extremely wealthy, but there's also a possibility that they're up to their eyeballs in debt. Yeah. Listen, a lot of you said a millionaire millionaire next door. Let's talk about exactly what you mean by that. We're talking about your your basic suburban household mm -hmm. husband wife and two and a half kids living in a three or four bedroom home in the suburbs you know they're living right next door to you they're paying the same bills you are yeah. and they're working every day 
and they're just they're building up that savings as they go along. They're still driving a minivan and they're still driving a pickup truck or a sedan, you know. They, but they 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 look just like everyone else. The, the 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 only difference is they're being very conscious about the way they're spending. They're saving. They're making an effort to build up that savings, that retirement fund, so forth. And before you know it. Boom. Yeah. They're not trying to say they're too proud to go and shop at Costco and get bulk items or anything mm-hmm. like that. And it's, you know, you mentioned the houses. 90% of millionaires live in homes valued below $1 million, mm-hmm. And almost 29% of them live in houses below three hundred k. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that they're, the reason they're able to have this net worth is because they're not, for lack of better words, blowing it all on crazy thing. That's yeah. what happened to Preston Waters in Blank Check is he blew all his money on buying the castle and, buy, and and installing all of this great stuff and wasn't thinking of trying to spread the money out over his lifetime and make sure that he was taken care of. Yeah, you know, a lot of my just just as a sort of a side note here, a lot of my fantasies about about um, you know, what would I do with a ton of money? I can't even start really fantasizing about dollars. what I would do with a ton of money unless you start me off at like, you know, ten million dollars or something yeah. like that. I, I, because I can't even I can't even imagine doing. You tell me I have a million dollars, I'm going to be like, great, I've got my retirement. I <laughs> still got to work. <laughs> yeah, but then I mean that's that's a philosophy of thinking because if someone gives you money, it's kind of like you know those that got these stimulus checks, mm-hmm. they could if they didn't really need it to help supplement income, then they had a choice to make. You know, do they put it in savings? Do they put it in their retirement account? Do they put it towards something that's going to bring value? Or do they go and blow it on a PlayStation or TV or something? Hey, now. Hey. (laughs) Oh, ouch. Man, calling me out. (laughs) For the record, I haven't found the PlayStation yet. I know, I know. I just have the money ear tagged for the PlayStation. But, you know... A millionaire, by the millionaire next door philosophy, like obviously, yes, there's billionaires that are, they're celebrities or they've been inherited money or something like that's happened. But these are just the people that take the time to really care about their financial status and maybe work with people like Pickler Wealth Advisors to help them figure out what steps do they need to take today that can make a huge difference. Because it's, it's crazy how just simple little moves of, do you pay full cash for this or do you finance it? How those simple little steps can end up ripple affecting and making such a huge difference in your overall net worth. I mean, it, it, this is something that you're not going to get a million dollars overnight unless you, you know, win the lottery or if you I find a, a million dollars <laughs> or you, uh, you know, marry a millionaire or something like that. But for most people, it is hard work. It's being strategic with your money. It's planning saving. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like the whole philosophy of, I want to lose weight. Okay. Well, eat smarter, you know, work out. Yeah. You want to be a millionaire, be strategic with your money, balance your assets and liabilities, and you can do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I feel like we have reached a spot where we can probably summarize what we've been trying to say and get you And by summarize, you mean? Humble's eye. So Katie, let me give you my bullseye, okay? We're talking about net worth today. We're talking about millionaires. People think about this lavish idea of millionaires, and mm-hmm. that's just not the way it is I mean, is there's so anymore. many songs that teach us about being a millionaire. Many millionaires these days absolutely, 
absolutely reject stat status symbols. I mean, uh, whenever possible, they're, they're, they are more focused on financial independence because it's more important than displaying that high social status. You know, like you said, driving a beat up pickup truck instead of driving, uh, uh, you know, a Mercedes, something like that. They're not worried about keeping up with the Joneses. They're worried about making sure that they are provided for for the rest of their life. That's their focus. They just want to make sure that they can live until they die. Boom. Bullseye. Well, dang, that's a great bullseye. Um, echo on that for sure. You know, it's the millionaire next door and don't judge. It's the whole thing we're taught in kindergarten. Don't judge a book by their cover. Like, come on. Like, don't judge everybody just by looking at them. You don't know. That could be the millionaire next door. Do you want to throw back out the net worth equation? It is assets minus liability equals your net worth. And this is not a formula that is left just to the celebrities and the big wigs. This is a tool that everybody can use to really help them have that financial report card. Yes, you may be out of school, but everyone still needs a report card every once in a while just to know how they're doing and that it's working with you know financial partners to try and help you come up with are you making the right moves now are you on track to get to your status where maybe one day you will be the millionaire next door and his wife and the movie star <laughs> okay i'll stop that's, that's my bullseye, bullseye. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen there's the closing bell you have made it to the end of yet another episode of the bullcast podcast if you like what you heard and you haven't heard it before, but you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have this podcast beamed directly into your ears every Thursday. You can also go to our website and leave us a message, suggest a topic that you want to hear us cover. Uh, that website is bullcastpodcast.com. You also can look at pictures of us that are sometimes good and sometimes really, really bad. On Instagram, our Instagram. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will no longer take pictures. <laughs> Message our, heard. <laughs> our Instagram handle is at bullcastpodcast.com. And we also occasionally speak the words or actually type the words into the Twitters. Our Twitter handle is at bullcastpodcast. Finally, uh, Katie and I both work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you would like to find out more about our financial advisory team, our awesome team, our boss, David Pickler, you can find out all the information you need at that website, which is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you everything you need to go forth and be merry. So for now... I'm Court. I'm Katie. Cameron, put down that camera. Got it. <laughs> I'm going to go start a non-millionaire's holiday. Okie dokie. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>